This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Live from the Bulldog Radio studio, it's the most valuable sports podcast. My name is Brandon Worth, joined by my co-host, Joby Wan Kenobi. What's happening, Joe? I love that. It's been a minute since you called me that, Brandon. Yeah. It's Veterans today, Day today, so make sure you get out. Thank a veteran. Their service and yes. sacrifices, something that we can't take for granted ever, and uh, it just allows us to kind of live freely in this beautiful country. So get out. Thank a veteran today. Thank them for their service and make sure that they know that they're appreciated. So. Absolutely. Definitely do that today. Um, a lot of show today. We got NBA, MLB trade rumors going around, especially with the NBA draft coming around. We got some Masters Tea Times we'll update you with, and of course, course nfl preview at the end of the show but starting off nba draft is right around the corner if you guys haven't heard it's it's literally the 18th like we got a week until this draft's going down and there's been a lot happening over the last couple days and we've got a mock draft here we're going to share our thoughts um this one is updated um it looks like the ninth on nbadraft.net right now the number one pick to minnesota is claiming to be Anthony Edwards, and I want to say that I do not believe that it's going to happen no. on the 18th. I do not think Anthony Edwards will go to Minnesota with the number one pick. No. Will he go to Minnesota? That is a definitely a possibility, but he they might trade down to get him because I think yeah. whoever's going to be number one is going to take LaMelo, and it honestly... It might not be the Wolves. Somebody might no. trade up to go get yeah, him. Yeah, there's talks that the Pistons are going to try to trade up to get number one, possibly, which would be really good because we do need LaMelo. We kind of talked about that. Um, we talked about that with a lot of people, guys mm-hmm. from Mice and Takes. We talked about that with some guests that have come on. Um, but kind of going on the list, Golden State is going to have the number two pick, most likely rap, or kind of unlock, which is going to be good for them because they can kind of fill those spots where they need to. They're probably not going to get anybody to kind of uh, – be behind Curry and Clay, so it's going to be interesting on what they're going to choose to do, and then kind of going down the rest is going to be Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, and then New York, Washington, and Phoenix close out the top ten. Yeah, I think with Golden State, to me, it's like I don't. What I, do you need? I don't see them needing a another point guard, another shooting guard. I mean, yeah, you do want depth behind Clay and Steph, obviously. Now, especially with injuries, that is a concern, but. They haven't really had that in the past, and they've still this been only, successful. Yeah, this is like the first time that they've ever had them both out at the same time, yeah, really. I don't, and I don't think that's going to happen again unless it's a freak accident. Yeah, we better knock on wood out of that so, one. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really, I'm not a huge Warriors fan, so I'm not going to knock on wood. <laughs> Sue me, who cares? But okay. <laughs> it's gonna, I feel like they got to probably figure out something more of the power forward spot or maybe the center because Draymond, I mean, he's a power, he's a guy who can really get it done down in the, down at center, but he's not the tallest guy ever. He's more just strong, and I feel like they got to get someone to kind of be more of a, a, a I guess, a rebounder. I was going to say paint protector, but I don't really know if that's the right terminology. Yeah. But, um I don't know. I don't really know what Golden State really has to do, especially for since they were like the. This one says that Lamelo Ball was going to go to Golden State, which that would just be a waste. You like, what would you do? You just, I don't know. There, he get garbage minutes when he's not a garbage minutes player. He's a he should be a franchise player. Yeah, I don't. As a as a fan of like how the draft plays out, I would like to see Lamelo go to a team that would have him make an immediate impact. I think that's going to be better for him. Especially better for his father, Lavar, who yeah, if the front wants o- him if to the be front the office f- doesn't want to deal with that, then they're gonna yes. have to really they're gonna have to make it yeah. so that he's kind of like the guy yeah. when he which, first comes Which in. I mean he's really not been like he's not been the same guy that he was, especially like when Zoe was coming out. He's not as controlling, which is which is an okay thing. I mean, obviously we're not telling him how, how to parent Lamello or Lamello or anything like that. There's just times where he steps on people's toes and sometimes that gets offensive to some people. So obviously yes, they're gonna have to know what they're getting into with that part. But honestly, when the first mock draft came out, I mean, obviously we're talking Golden State was having the worst year out of all the teams. They're probably going to get number one. Obviously, the lottery changes that. And regardless of how we think feel about it, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But I honestly thought that James Wiseman getting to Golden State with number one was honestly going to be a slam dunk for them. I mean, he's they have him compared to like this this um, prime DeAndre Jordan, even like a, a little bit of a Hassan Whiteside type figure. You got somebody that can 
make plays in the paint. You got a guy that can rebound. You got a guy that can get up and down the floor, make plays, rebound, be physical, shot blocker, all those sort of things I think Wiseman does. And obviously we haven't seen him like he's only he only played three games last year with Memphis before the whole situation happened with um his eligibility and he ends up not being able to play for Penny Hardaway and it, that whole situation just kind of in the past now but I mean he was still putting up I mean he averaged almost 20 and 10 during his his stint with Memphis as a freshman and I think that he knew already that he was going to be a one and done guy and that that he that scenario could have been a lot worse for him but since he was already one and done it's like oh okay I guess this is this is the plan and this is the cards that were dealt and I'm just going to make use of it and he's he's probably going to be a top 10 for sure in this draft mm-hmm. obviously what happens in draft it can happen and people are going to fall regardless of where they are what we're reading today like these these picks are not set in stone for sure yeah. this this draft i feel like is the most least set in stone that we've seen in the last five years just because of how many different players are now we're talking about people overseas and teams honestly have their feelings about that we, we see teams that don't really like to go draft guys that are overseas just because it's not as much exposure and the, the level of playing is different than college. And mm-hmm. then there's teams like the, the Mavericks who draft a guy like Luka Doncic and make that ch- make that chance, and they, they saw what they saw, and they end up making a great draft pick. Yeah. He's going to be a franchise guy for sure for the next five, ten years for sure. But I, I think that's probably Golden State to me. I don't see the real immediate need for the mellow ball, but uh, they might they might see that later. But Cleveland and Chicago, really, you just need guys that are going to be You basically need impacts. everything. Like, yeah. it's right now it's just kind of getting someone who will stay there for the long haul. And if you don't – if you get someone who's not going to be there to be kind of like there with the franchise and be able to build it back up, then you're kind of a wasting a pick. So it's kind of more getting them on the same page that it's going to be able to kind of – I don't know, like fix the franchise, basically. Yeah, and the one that one of the picks that's really um, stands out to me is our pick, Detroit at seven, and we have Patrick Williams. Who, you mean the best pick around? The best pick around number seven. No, I, it, no, I, no. We okay. He's not a. We need a franchise player. It doesn't even matter what. We need someone who can take over yeah, games. Yeah, I understand. Like the the hype behind Patrick Williams. He's a freak athlete. He's gonna be rebounding like crazy he's big he's strong i mean i don't i don't know like he's he's a great player is he gonna be the best pick for the pistons at this moment in time i don't know i honestly see the point guard position as the one that's immediate need to fill because i i don't believe that derrick rose is going to stay i think it's just there's there's so much for him out there to be on a contender especially at this late part of his career if he stays that's perfectly fine by me he can be the starting point guard if he wants to that's fine but the fa- the thing that we have to face is that he is going to be leaving in the next couple of years that's just a given fact whether it's retiring or going to a contender he's going he's not mm-hmm. going to be in detroit when he retires there's there's no chance no so i don't i th- i see that as a more immediate need because we still got guys that like blake is still going to probably i i honestly see blake probably end up staying here longer than derrick rose does Blake's probably going to stay here for a little bit longer. I don't know if he'll stay out for his contract. Oh, no. I don't think he'll stay for his contract. I don't even know if we want him for his whole contract just because of the way he's been playing. But, I mean, some other kind of picks that I've been kind of seeing, Utah at 23 uh, projected to take Nico Manning. I don't know if that's the best point or the best choice, especially for him being a point guard. And they already have, I think it's Mike Conley and then Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Spider. So, I forgot his name. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I just knew his nickname. But uh, I don't know if that's the greatest choice, I guess, for, like, probably development. So that way maybe they can trade off Mike Conley later, uh, maybe for some draft picks or just for some guy that they need to fill. Um, Cassius Winston going 50th overall to Atlanta. That's going to be an interesting one. I feel like that'll be a probably pretty good spot, especially. I don't know who their point guard is right now. but Um, Well, right now they would – they're probably going to put Trey there. I mean, he's coming out. Oh, I forgot that Trey is there. Obviously, yeah. like he's going to be the the number one guy, regardless if whatever they put him at shooting yeah. guard, point guard, he's going to be the one that's getting a lot of the touches. But I mean, I believe they have Cam Reddish still. Unless, yeah, they do. I think they have Cam Reddish, and I think that was their guy that they're planning to put back there. But uh, Cam Reddish does have some injury concerns, so obviously that could be an issue. Um, or they want to they want to really take on like a Golden State type role and play smaller and shoot more, and that would obviously be something that they could use cashes for. 
But it'll be interesting to see Cassius mm-hmm. who knocked out Cam in that uh with the ridiculous team with Zion, RJ, and stuff. And yeah. see them on the same team. That's going to be weird. But yeah, Michigan State had a good team. And the fact that Xavier Tillman's not on the, the 60-player mock draft right now kind of blows my mind. I feel yeah, like there's I teams have no that, clue how that's... There's teams that certainly need he, him. Yeah, he's a guy who can take over. And, I mean, some other spots, New Orleans is going to take Cassius Stanley from Duke. Uh, that, I feel like, would be a pretty good spot for him to go to. He can probably develop behind... Uh, Excuse me. He can probably develop behind Lonzo a little bit and learn from him because Lonzo is still a really good player. People mm-hmm. don't give him credit for credit is due, and I think that will probably probably be a pretty good spot. Um, not anywhere else that I'm kind of seeing a lot of spots. Maybe Cole Anthony at Philadelphia. Philadelphia just kind of having a tough spot, especially for how um they had the hype and then now they kind of just kind of threw it away. But not too many other picks really that are catching my eye, Brandon. What about you? Yeah, I I see Cole Anthony at 21, and I've honestly I've. I obviously made my remarks um, a couple shows ago about how we could, or that was actually on Mike's and Takes, where I'd said that Cole Anthony could be a guy if we were for, say, go down and trade down with Boston, for example, who have three first-round picks in this year's draft. I believe they have 14, 26, and 30. We would, they have been interested in a guy like Killian Hayes, which has been the, the consensus mock pick right now for the Pistons is Killian Hayes. And we've m- talked about how that would be a pretty good, pretty good pairing. He's played with Sekou, so the chemistry's there, obviously. He's a great player, but is the, the real question is, is he going to be that role player guy or is he going to be that big breakout guy we really need? That's really been the question mark. And that's why we it's not consensus. Like Then we have Patrick Williams, who's more of that guy that's going to be like a Russ or break type guy. But he's not obviously a point guard or anything. But I think that that would be a potential suitor if we trade it down or whatever if we needed to do. I mean, obviously, like there's still some other guys on the board that – could be pretty impactful players i mean obviously some of them like trey jones for example really has he's a great player but when you got guys around him like zion like cam reddish like um rj barrett he's not hasn't gotten the attention really and like right now i believe he's 46 to portland on this board i could see him going higher i've seen him as high as 20 to the heat like he could go anywhere in that and anywhere in that frame and He's a he's a fantastic defensive player. The offensive we haven't really seen, and really honestly, we haven't had needed to see it because Zion, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, those guys are combining for sixty to ninety every night. It seems like when they were at Duke, so he really wasn't needed to score that much. And there was times where he stepped up big, so he could even go up high. I could see Miami taking him if Utah if Mannion is already taken or they actually want more defense because I think. Conley's much more of an offensive guy, but how long he stays is a question because I think he's kind of past his prime too. But there, there's a lot of different places that can be, and I see Lamar Stevens is on here from Penn State to Charlotte. He could be a guy that falls out of the first two rounds just because how he plays is kind of an old-fashioned physical paint type of player. He can still knock down the jump shot and stuff like that, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to be run and gun he's not gonna be that kind of guy so that and that's kind of what the nba seems to be filing over to over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of different like there's a lot of interesting prospects in here too rj hampton for example he's he was a huge prospect i I didn't even even see him yeah he was projected top five for a while and then in overseas with lamello he really wasn't the same player it seemed like so whoever takes him is probably gonna be taking a little bit of a chance but there's a lot of different ways i really hope um that we mm-hmm. we see a really good draft for the Pistons wise. I'm really excited yeah. to see what our new GM can do. And if we we don't have a second round pick, do we make a splash and trade a couple players in development for a pick? Honestly, mm-hmm. I would I could say because there's yeah. a lot of players. I mean, if Trey Jones falls that far, maybe we gotta pick him up. We and can the pick weird, him up. The weirdest part about drafts is just like after like the top seven or the top six. Or even, like, the top ten, like, it's just, like, okay, like, we don't even know what's going to happen next. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a toss-up every time. So, like, it could be, like, kind of, like, I mean, it was NFL, but it could be, like, a situation where there's, like, a top guy who is projected to go top ten where it's, like, Aaron Rodgers where he drops down to, what was it, like, some somewhere in the 20s when the Packers picked him up. It could be another situation like that where we see guys who we're not expecting drop down really far and then we kind of get skeptical of, like, okay, what are they not seeing him? 
And, I mean, that's, like, the best thing about the draft is kind of seeing how teams kind of evaluate these new players coming in, if they're going to be a good fit for their team, and just kind of see the difference between coaches that say, like, all right, I want this guy because I know he's going to perform, or I don't want this guy because I'm a little bit skeptical of him. And that's, that's one thing I really like about the draft. Yeah, and I think there's guys on this board that were, are going to fall. Like, there's going to be players that this isn't how the draft's going to play out, and we've said that before. No. But, like, I can see a guy, honestly – as good as he is, Tyrese Halliburton, I could see him falling out of the top 10 more towards the 15-20 range. And that's just because what he what he brings is kind of, he's he's a guy that's almost, I wouldn't say like passer, passing first. He reminds me of Cassius a little bit, but he's he's overall more of a, I don't want to say like a, a straight score. He's he can be a little bit streaky, and I think that's one of the things that teams definitely know. Um, and he's not very big either. I think he weighs 180, so he's not that big of a point guard. He's really long, and he's kind of got a Lonzo type build. He's really tall, not as big, but he's still pretty strong. But I mean, his shooting is pretty good overall. It seems like I, I know when I watched him, he was he kind of struggled on. Um, contested looks compared to open looks so i think that's something that's a question mark and there's gonna be times where i mean obviously in the nba you're not going to be open every time so you have to make those shots but Mm -hmm. we'll be really excited to see what the nba draft does especially with the rumors going around with trades over the past 24 hours for sure rumors of chris paul going to phoenix is in is in the midst right now there's possibility that he could go team up with to get who would phoenix trade then so the idea the idea is yes they're they're looking at picks but i mean there's there's other players in there that can you can trade i mean you got guys i want to say like who who was their draft pick last year phoenix yeah aiden it was aiden i think so i don't they don't thunder don't need aiden aiden though they have steven adams yeah and he's going to be there for that's a while that's the thing like I mean, that could be a good spot to get for Phoenix to have, like, kind of a duo again. Or not again, because they never really had it. Because, I mean, it went basically the transition of power went from Steve Nash to Devin Booker, basically. So, or that's kind of like when they first, like, kind of started to be on the map and relevant again. So, it's going to be, I just don't know who they trade to get um, Chris Paul. Especially yeah. for just how big of a talent he is. Because he led Oklahoma to a playoff run. Yep. So, it's not like he's out of it it's not like he's out of his prime because he's been able to perform against these good teams especially in the west mm-hmm. with the when people counted out oklahoma city and people were like okay well they kind of two percent oklahoma or chris paul hasn't even been very good since like lob city days and even then kind of he was a little bit in the shadows compared to all these guys who could throw it down and now when you look at it he's kind of started getting that leadership spot mm-hmm. again and i feel like i feel like phoenix could be a really good spot because he's gonna have another guy to kind of take that that weight off of him with Devin Booker. And, I mean, he won't have Steven Adams to kind of – because DeAndre Ayton is not as good as Steven Adams in the paint. Steven Adams no. is, is a really big force. And I feel like that's one of the things that took the pressure off Chris Paul a little bit. But, I mean, like I said, it'll be a good fit, I feel like, especially for kind of a new look for Chris Paul since he hasn't really had a uh, – I guess a partner in crime really since the uh, Lob City days. Yeah, and I think the one thing that Oklahoma sees is now they have – they have so many picks now after the Paul George trade to the Clippers. I mean, I think they got four, four first rounders or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, something they ridiculous. Have a, they have a huge future available, and now they got Gilgis Alexander there, who they're kind of quoting as their guy, not even Chris Paul. So I think they see Chris Paul as retiring in the next five, ten years. So I don't think they're seeing him as the guy, but. If they wanted, if they trade for picks, I mean that would just be insane. You're literally talking about having two first round picks every single year for the next five years or more. That's just an insane thought. But another one that I'm really ridiculous, I can see Russell Westbrook to the New York Knicks. That is honestly, I feel like a more possible trade. And I know, like, obviously, could that work though? That's the thing. Well, here's the thing: is the Knicks right now just literally don't have anything and i don't yeah. s- like he could be like, what would they what would they use to like get him over there basically maybe rj barrett because that's like the only thing i could see like houston might take unless like unless they want to make it so that they just want him out of there because they i feel like in theory the harden and westbrook like kind of worked but once i feel because like in oklahoma city it worked because they were kind of 
younger guys who didn't have as much publicity. But now that they were both MVPs and they kind of cemented the way that they play the game and when they got put together, they didn't pan out as well. I mean, they had a couple games where they both scored 30, but other than that, they kind of, it was a little bit wishy-washy and they were just like kind of traded off kind of like who was hot that night. And I feel like that the experiment didn't work out for them. Yeah, and I think the idea there with James and Westbrook was it was a good idea, but there was you only got one ball, and that's really what it comes down to is you're not going to have an opportunity to give them 30 touches every night. It's the thought what counts, really, because the execution just wasn't there. Yeah, but, I mean, when you look at, like, the Knicks, I mean – they're, they're, I I don't know. They just literally don't have anybody to me swear like they have guys like Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Alfred Payton. They have decent players. There is nobody on the on the roster. I mean, they also have Reggie Bullock, who we shipped out there a while ago. They have R.J. Barrett and Dennis Smith. I think those are the two guys that they have that are most valuable to them. Or most um, the biggest trade assets they have. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to trade either of those guys, but I mean, when you when you look at how Houston is, they have so many assets around Harden. They really the only thing honestly that they're missing is a big guy. I mean, I think Nene's still there. I think that's their starter right now, right? Yeah, but Nene and Ryan really Anderson isn't super like it's just kind of like yeah, like you said like he's still there. Like he's like just in the league. He's not a guy who's I mean, like I, I mean, you could say Stephen Adams, who's a prominent guy in the league, but he's not like the franchise player who's accepted his role. They need to find a guy who can kind of do be dominant in the paint every night because I right. feel like that's one of the main reasons why they're not kind of over the cusp of being a championship team and that they kind of get knocked out. And I mean the uh, the semifinals of the conference playoffs because they don't have they don't have the depth i feel like in each spot on the floor to basically make it to that championship team because mm-hmm. i mean james harden he'll take over russell westbrook he'll take over but what do you do with a 3 4 5 spot right you have like you don't really have anybody who can kind of turn it on and go like maybe no, hit, you got hit fourth go 4 for 5 for threes or 5 for 6 and then get like i mean like 2 for whatever hit hit two field goals and stuff like that so it comes down to that where you need to figure out we need some more depth in other areas or else we're not going to be able to be that championship team. Yeah, Eric Gordon and um, P.J. Tucker aren't going to be guys that take the game over. They're, no. they're role guys that will hit the three ball really well. So I think I, I think with the, the idea of there being having Russ and James there and it hasn't worked out over the last two years, to, to them seems like, okay, now is it time that we really start focusing on James now because, I mean, Co- or the new head coach Stephen Silas said that he, Harden's their guy. The, he said that James is their guy. He he didn't really mention Russ as being. He, uh, he said he's glad to have him, but I mean, the way that his team and his idea runs around is it's going to be around James. He's been there. He's been the Houston guy. He's going to be the guy. So if that means which makes sense, yeah. And I mean, the New York Knicks have good players. I mean. These guys are all really good players, and it's, if you guys have, and if they they can have some of these players to put at their second, their second depth chart on each position, they can add depth that way. I mean, Julius Randle, he's a pretty good big. I mean, he's not like he's not going to be like an Anthony Davis, but he's still going to give you quality minutes, even in, especially in like a backup role. Because I mean, I would have loved to see Julius Randle be behind Anthony Davis. I mean. No offense to JaVale McGee, but I don't think he's as good of a player as people give him for. I mean, he's on Shaq and a fool more time, more than the highlight reel, so I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's hard it's hard for JaVale McGee, but there, there's it's guys. It's funny because he runs like a baby deer. kind of does. I don't know. He drives to the paint. It's like uh, when um, there's a videos of uh, Dirk Nowitzki when he was trying to run. Oh, and geez. it's like, that's what JaVale McGee kind of looks like. Well, I mean, it makes sense. He's like seven foot two, so. I, yeah. Hey, JaVale's a champ. That's all that matters. He's, he's got a ring. He's got a, he, yeah, he's got a ring so on his fingers. He's satisfied so himself. Matter. But, I mean, the the possibilities with Russ being paired with Dennis Smith, and then you got um, Kevin Knox and um, uh, Frank the Tank. I forgot, his, I forgot his last name. 
Nictilakina or whatever, however you pronounce his name. There, there's young talent there, and you got shooters in like Reggie Bullock, and then you have Alfred Payton too. They have a lot of depth. They don't have any guys that can go out and win you games, and I think that's the idea of why they want Russell Westbrook, and that he can be the focal point because New York has always had a, a focal point on their team. It was it was Carmelo. It's it was Amari Stoudemire. It was always it was those guys that were there, and they were the focal points, and they're missing that. And I think that's one of the reasons they feel they're losing games. So it'll be really interesting to see mm-hmm. how the NBA plays out as we kind of move over now to MLB rumors. Um, obviously, probably the number one name we're looking at on the market right now is Bauer outage. Trevor Bauer. He was on contract for the Reds for one year. You know, I think it was like a thirty mil or something like that. Yeah, some ridiculous. So, but, Apparently that he's decided that Cincinnati is not the place for him. So now he is looking elsewhere, and there's a lot of suitors out there. Houston, I'm just kidding. Please no. Houston, no. <laughs> Please no. There's Trevor a, Bauer's voice his opinion on Houston plenty of times. Oh yeah, he does not want to go to Houston. He doesn't want to play for cheaters. But could you imagine if they still like got him? If he had to go to Houston, that would be. The oh my goodness, thing. I could see him surviving a half half the year and then requesting a trade. I don't think he would like it there. Especially with how he's talked about it, but I don't yeah. know. You never know. But I mean, he's he's a two-year Cy Young winner. He's definitely a guy that can bring power to your rotation, not just a fill spy. He can be a focal point, and I think every every team it seems like is going to want him. It's just uh, him as the baseball player. the The antics a little bit can be a little misleading because yeah. He obviously does what he wants, and you have to accept that because you, you're you not going to change Trevor because the Trevor that is on the market right now, the two-year Cy Young winner, is a team or a guy that everybody wants. Yeah. The off-the-field stuff can obviously be a little bit I think shaky, the- but honestly, I don't see, I don't see the, the need to make that the deciding factor no. in the trade. I think he's too good to pass up. I think, yeah, I feel like his off... If he can perform on the field, just forget about his off-field antics because that's just something that you got to deal with in the press. But I mean, right. once he gets on the field, he deals. So and I mean, he's not like he's not like you're not gonna worry about him like getting in trouble with the law or anything. It's just like some quite like wearing wearing a T-shirt that sends a message towards Houston cheating. Like that's that's what he's, he's just speaking. What everyone what's on everyone's mind, anyways. And I mean, it's kind of refreshing to see guys who are just like, yeah, like they actually cheated. So like, I'm gonna voice my opinion on it and stuff like that. But I mean, some spots on this website from Bleacher Report, they're saying, I mean, the top 10 teams kind of include Chicago Cubs, uh, Braves a little bit. Uh, Braves not as much, but they're still kind of a spot. They do need some spots. Uh, Tigers are actually about, like, the 14th spot. They have, like, a ranking of each team for, like, what the possibility is. And honestly, if we're able to get Trevor Bauer, that would be kind of sick. I mean, we kind of – because I think we shed it off, like, a lot of money off Jordan Zimmerman's contract, right? We got, like – a little bit, yeah. We have a, a we have a good amount to give him, and especially for Casey Mize, Scooball, and I forgot our other young uh, young starter right now. But if we're able to get Trevor Bauer in there, that's going to be a scary rotation. It's not going to be as scary as when we kind of choked the World Series runs when we had the best rotation in the probably ever assembled. But I mean, it's going to be a good spot. Yankees are also in a pretty good spot. I have can you, see that. Have you seen the memes of like when Trevor Bauer just arrives to? Yankee Stadium, it's just like Gary Cole is just swimming in a pile of money and like yep. just Araldis Chapman and stuff like that. But I mean, there's some pretty, there's some spots where I'm kind of excited to see San Diego. He could team up with uh, Clevenger a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of reunite with him. I feel like that would be a good spot, especially if you've kind of seen his uh, YouTube videos. You've seen that they're kind yep. of guys to hang out they're a buddies. lot. Yeah, they're buddies. Um, and then White Sox are the like the top spot for him to go to. I, I hope not. I hope not Please because. Don't. <laughs> uh, Tigers are just starting to kind of, I feel like, hit their groove a little bit. And to have to face Trevor Bauer uh, a lot of times, a lot of times in the season is not going to be a great situation, especially for these young guys we're trying to develop. And I feel like if we have to see really good pitching all the time, that's just not going to be good for our development. It won't be, it will not be good for us. And I mean, I can see the White Sox are kind of contenders. I'm not saying they're a true contender yet. I don't think they have the. They don't have the consistency to really be a full contender like the Astros and the Dodgers and the Yankees. It's just it yeah. hasn't been there. They've been. I don't think they'll have a year like this next year. Maybe they'll probably still they'll probably still be like a good team, like a solid like yeah, they, AL they could AL Central win contender team. But like I don't think they'll be kind of like going crazy like they were this year. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, well, the, the White Sox, the Twins, and the Indians always seem to do good, and then they're so inconsistent. It's like there's no clear-cut winner. It always goes down to whatever. But there's been times where the Sox have been really good, and then they just fall off by the end of the year, and that's happened in the past. But, I mean, they still got good players. I mean, Tim, Tim Anderson, whoa, bat flip nation stand up, please. But it's... James, He's so entertaining to watch. It is. It's fun. I mean, baseball should be fun. You got Grandal there, Moncada, Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Obreu, of course, Yomer Sanchez. You got a lot of good players in here. Nomar Mazara, also from Texas. They got in a trade. They have a good team. I don't know if they're a contender yet, but they certainly can be in the future. I think Bauer would help them out. I honestly would like to see Bauer go to the Angels because that rotation's been so bad. I mean, he's been he's also from California, so that would be kind of a homecoming for him. Getting help from Mike Trout would be amazing for me to see because I would love to see the Angels make it somewhere. Yeah, I mean, and just not I, waste that contract of Mike Trout and yeah. actually do something. Yeah, they need to make a splash, and they haven't. And I think that they they need to or they need to move on from the front office. Crazy for me to say that, but they, they, they need to do something for Mike Trout. Or you're right, it's going to be a waste. And I think Trevor Bauer could be a start, especially because their rotation had, I believe, an over-5 ERA last year. Yeah, garbage. They need help. And Trevor Bauer can be that help and bring more guys in around him. I think that would be a good... but. Yankees always seem to be in the front runner because they got the money, so that could be another possibility. Yeah, they're just, but. they can literally just throw millions at them and not even yeah, bat an eye because they can afford it. But I th- I got to agree with you on the Angels. I feel like that's going to be a great spot. I feel like that the Angels really need to gun for them because their pitching staff isn't super great, and I feel like if they do want to make any type of productivity off of this multi-million, million, million-dollar contract that they gave Mike Trout and actually do something with it, I feel like that's going to be a big it's going to be a big help, especially since um, the last thing that they did to help out Mike Trout was kind of make it so that Albert, Albert Pujols and Mike Trout are like the only two that can actually perform on that team right now. So I feel like they just need to build up and get something going so that way they're not just wasting money at this point. But mm-hmm. yeah, honest, yeah, honestly, like you said, I feel like Yankees are going to be a top spot for them too because they're probably going to be offering them a lot of money, and that pitching rotation is going to be scary as well. But White Sox, hopefully it doesn't happen, but most likely – by the look of the website, it looks like it's going to be probably the top spot for him to land. Yeah, and there's a and there's a lot of new new players that are going to be on the market. Just as last night, DJ LeMay, who's going to be a free agent, he's declining his option um, for the Yankees. Yeah, I almost I literally almost said Rockies, but he's playing for the Yankees now, so he's another guy out there. Um, I mean, he's a batting champion. He's done it in both. He's done it in both the AL and the NL. He's a he's an absolutely great hitter. I mean, him and Story and um, uh, Blackman all in cargo really did it. Did some damage in Colorado, and it was kind of sad to see that they broke up. But I mean, he he's still out there, and he might want to go back there with the Yankees again to make another run. But I mean, it it could be it could be a place where. He might even go to the Dodgers. And it's crazy to think about that because, I mean, you have Justin Turner. It's like, why do you need DJ LeMahieu? But the fact is that Justin Turner is on the end of his contract, too, so he might want to be leaving soon. And that's just what he wants to do because, I mean, I believe he was – where did he play before? Was it at – Justin Turner? Yeah. Was it – I don't know. I'll let, have me, to, let me look it up. Let I'll have look to look up. up. We have look up where he used to play. I almost want to say it was like – the Braves, but I know they used to have Turner Fields. So that's probably where I'm getting it. But there's a lot of places DJ could go. I mean, Detroit, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we'd pay for him. That's just the problem. And he would, played. He played for the Orioles and the Mets. Okay, was well, the Mets? I was probably thinking yeah. of then. But I mean, and the Mets are a team that are ready to make moves. And DJ could be going. He could go to a place like the Mets. I mean, the Mets can use anything they want. They got a new team, new owner. They can, they can use a restart to get them back to where they used to be. But another player that the Mets are considering, wait for it, George Springer is most likely going to be out in Houston. I'm not saying it's happening yet, but there's indications that he will leave if that is the desired decision he wants to make. He's willing to leave Houston and leave that that's, situation to go somewhere else and be a, a focal point. That's going to be... I don't know if teams will want him, though, because I feel like... George Springer? Well, here's the thing. He's a good player, no doubt. But fans, I don't know, are going to be able to 
I guess, lovingly recept him, especially for, I mean, I feel like it's like 80%, 70% of the MLB fan base thinks Astros are cheaters and they don't like the Astros now, That's unless true. you're an Astros fan. So I feel like he'll be coming into a lot of hostility, even from players too, because he'll be coming into that and he'll have to kind of build that trust back. And I feel like the easy way is probably staying with the Astros and just kind of not having to deal with that. But the tough part about him leaving would just be kind of building that reputation of him being a good player again. Because, right. I mean, he is a good player, but it's yeah. the, it's the good player that I'm talking about. I, I know what you're saying. And stuff I, like I, totally, that, so. I totally agree. I think that whoever, it's kind of like a, a, a LaMelo situation. You're going to have to, wherever he goes, you're going to have to accept, hey, this is probably going to happen. There's going to be There's people be a lot that of don't backlash. like him. There's going to be a lot of backlash, probably. Yeah, and I mean the dude's the dude's a nice dude. I mean, it's just what he did. He on can, the, yeah, he can swing it. He can field it extremely well. He, oh yeah. He, well, how many Gold Gloves did he win at center field? Like? Um, he's definitely won more than or more than one. I think he's won two or three. Yeah. So I, I, he's not like a trout kind of guy, yeah. but he's going to be a guy that can supply in your outfield. And I think the idea is. Heard rumors about Houston actually wants to go get JBJ from the Red Sox, and that's the reason that Springer might want out because that's I think something. they. So I, I mean, bringing yeah. a left-handed bat in there, but I the, think can help because they the Astros really do have a lot of righties. I mean, they got Altuve, Guriel, they got all those guys but, there yeah, from I the mean, seventeen team that are still Bregman, there. Bregman Brantley's a switch hitter, but I mean, you mean yeah, but Brantley's kind of Brantley's been hurt. That's the problem. I yeah. think they want somebody that's going to be healthy. There was room. I mean, there was rumors that they were trying to re-sign him. But to go back to George Springer, just kind of, I mean, to kind of close out, kind of his part is like, his. You're gonna be able to get a good player, no doubt. But it's gonna be like I said, the fans that you're gonna have to worry about, and just kind of, um, his recept, the city's reception of him coming to the, of him coming to a team because you don't have to worry about him performing because we've seen what he's been able to do in clutch situations, kind of in those spots where he needs to get a big hit, he's able to get it done. But when it comes down to what the fans are going to think of a cheater joining their team and if, like, he's going to be able to do something, I mean, there's no telling what could happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the the last name here to kind of wrap up the MLB section is um, JT Realmuto has been talked about. I mean, he's an all-star catcher. He's pretty much, I would say he's probably in his prime still. I mean, he's not, he had a kind of a, an off year, but I mean. Not he, terrible. He's a good catcher. He's a, he's a no, he's, he's a, a better he's a better player in his position compared to other catchers in the league. Yeah, and I I mean being with the Mets, obviously it's like uh, Mets really aren't that good. So Mets I, are something. They're gonna they're gonna if they want to keep Realmuto, they're gonna have to make big moves like getting George Springer, even even offering if you want to go get Trevor Bauer to pair with Syndergaard and Degrom. Whoa, that's something. that's a scary rotation. That's something. But the I think I mean. Looking at like the lineup, they have a really left-handed lineup. So if they're gonna, I don't know who they're gonna. I don't know why they wouldn't try to re-sign him. I know that obviously Real Muto wants to play for a contender, and that's pretty much kind of why he was. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say like because I mean obviously Miami was not the place for him because that team was just kind of garbage. Yeah, that that's really what it, you have to put it as garbage, but. Honestly, team that could go out there and get him, the Phillies. Phillies have been a team that's kind of disappointed, and they really haven't been that type of team. I even forgot about the Phillies, especially since they signed Bryce Harper. Everyone was saying, oh, Mm -hmm. now they're going to be a contending team. And where where have they been? Not really good. They got Andrew McCutcheon, so that way that he could have a pretty good outfield. But the thing is, I think what Bryce Harper go, he went like like less than 250. As oh, a he batting was, average, he was, he was very garbage. Subpar, yeah. The only good team, good he played. A, the only times he played good was against the Nationals. That's like the only time he actually and look who did won a well. World Series. Yeah, it was <laughs> the Nationals. Nationals. And I mean, Andrew McCutcheon, he's been all right, but he hasn't been performing to the top line. So I mean, that could be a good spot for him to go. It's just more of like, like you said, if the Mets try to re-sign him, that's going to be also a question of like. What's what's gonna happen after? Especially because you know that he probably sure. does, the front office probably knows he doesn't want to be there. So if they do resign him, they're gonna have to convince him to stay on and actually convince him to like actually be a good presence in the locker room and be a good presence in the organization. Because if not, then they're gonna be in a situation where they're gonna have like just a guy who doesn't want to be there, who just kind of laying out his tenure, trying to get through it. It's kind of like a prison sentence that he's gonna have to kind of go through because he doesn't want to be there. And you're just kind of forcing him to be there. You're only just—he's only there for the money at that point. Yeah, and 
I mean, the the Phillies have they they're, they're, they make moves. We've seen that. Obviously, Bryce Harper is the only thing you have to say. Pay him over three hundred million dollars to get him on your team. They know that they they'll make big moves, and even D.D. Gregorius as well from the Yankees. Like the dude was making bank with the or really not making bank with the Yankees, but he was going to. But they would go out and they make the move. Yeah, we'll pay the money to get him here. So there is definitely willingness in that front office to go get big names. And I think that would be something that could be pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't want to say the, the Tigers have any chance to get him, but it'd be kind of fun. I feel like I the Tigers know. are right. Where, McCann, the Tigers like, are right where we want to be. Yeah. I, we're, we're right in that. We're, I feel like we're starting to be like at the 75% done of the rebuild stage. Yeah. We still I don't need think, pieces. We still need pieces. I don't think we're going to be in a, in this spot for too much longer. Because, I mean, if you remember the 119 lost season from a couple years oh, ago. Oh, I choose to forget it. That was yeah. just terrible. And then, <laughs> look, well, look what happened after that. We started to play pretty well. And yeah. We didn't. Even we did. playoff talks for parts of last yeah. year. That's something we're not and used I mean, to. Hey, this year we did a little bit better. I mean, guys are starting to play a little better. Uh, Goodrum, I think he got the gold glove. And I think, who's mm-hmm. our second baseman? I forgot who our second baseman was. But well, it, it depends on who. Yeah, it kind in. of is a little bit we, every. We played scope there yeah, a lot It's a little bit year. everywhere, but. I mean, we're playing pretty well, and I think if we get those pieces in, depends on what we want to go for. If Real Muda is the guy, then we'll make the ch- we'll, we'll make the move for him. But I feel like this free agency and kind of this offseason is going to be a teller of where our actual intentions are of going for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of my my Mets um, take, we do have breaking news in the room right now that Mark um, what that um. Stroman is going to stay with the Mets, and he's going to accept the nineteen million dollar or eight, sorry, eighteen point nine whatever contract to stay with the Mets. So, to me, that that tells me they're probably not going to go out and get Bauer. So, yeah, they, probably they probably got their guy already. So, really quick. I mean, that would be a bomb rotation though if they did that, dude. Stroman, Syndergaard. Oh my goodness, Degrom Bauer. <laughs> Oh yeah, that would be some, that I'd could be that could rival that could rival the 2010s uh, Tigers rotation with who we had with Fister, um, Verlander, Scherzer, uh, Anibal Sanchez, and who's our other guy that we had? Wait, Porcello. And- Porcello, yeah. yeah, that could rival that rotation. Oh, David Price too when he came yeah. onto our team. That's that he's could rival, that fair. could rival the that could become probably the greatest rotation of all time. Yeah, he's still not, on contract not, with the Dodgers, so. I don't hey, know, but what if he went to the Dodgers, that's a big thing. That's gonna be, yeah, like you said, that's probably gonna rule out Trevor Bauer, especially for them paying eighteen million dollars for him. So I don't know if they'll be able to be able to shovel enough money or move enough money around to get him to come. Especially since what was it, his eight? What was his contract this year for the Reds? Like twenty million or something like that. It was it was pushing thirty, but it was still in the twenties. There, there's talks that he's gonna make thirty million dollars wherever he goes per year. That's ridiculous. Isn't that insane? Well, the year he had this year, the dude's gonna get money. Oh yeah, he was he was the most unstoppable pitcher in baseball this year, I think for sure. But Ridiculous. moving on now is um, we we went over the Masters preview on Monday. If you haven't had a chance to check out that episode, check it out. But we haven't went over tea times yet. So we yeah, figured they just, we'd do that just today. came out. So yep, they just came out this morning. To, so to um, be honest, like they're a little, they're honestly like not super great. There's not a lot that really stick out. No, to be honest, there's it's not like a wing foot or kind of like other big ones, kind of like when uh, the U.S. Open was around and there was guys like there was just like three guys. I think what was it a wing foot? It was like Phil, um, Ricky Fowler, and like some, there's like yeah. big names, and then They're there was really like spread out the, this time. There's not as many like big groups and small no. groups. Everyone, and especially everyone's t- kind of yeah, evened out. Tiger spot too is like Tiger Woods, Shane Lowry, Andy Ogletree. No disrespect, but that's not great. Yeah, like that's like a especially if you're a defending champion. He's probably not going to win this year. He'll probably he always turns it on for the Masters weekend, but he's probably not going to win this year. So I mean, they probably could have put him with someone, um, but there's just not a lot when you look over this. I mean, the biggest mm-hmm. one for me is like maybe like Justin Thomas, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Brooks Kepka. That's like that's the big. One. That's like the biggest one. Yeah, and there's like Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, but they're probably. Roy McIlroy is not really in the contention. No, or him, not in, him and his Spieth name isn't really in the ring uh, too much for this year. And I mean, Spieth too, like he's not really there either. Yeah. Um, they would make absolute, they would boost the ratings like crazy if they put Tiger with Bryson and John Rahm. 
that would yeah, make it that go would, through the roof. Insane. But instead, it's Louis Oosthuizen. But that's honestly the one I'm probably going to be watching, the 7.30 a.m. one. John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau. Those two are going to be front runners in the tournament as far as in the odds book as John Rahm. If you guys haven't seen, just Google his pond skip shot in the practice round earlier this week. That was the week. most satisfying thing Holy I've ever seen. Holy cow, that was incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. I saw um, Dude Perfect said that. Like, yep, that's our trick shot, man, right there. <laughs> but it is that was a super cool shot. I mean, a stinger over the water, five yeah. skips all the way around the green back. Oh, that was beautiful. That it probably might have been... It was, That'll be the shot of the tournament, probably. Execution was just, oh my word. I, I just don't even know. I can hit stingers, but I can't hit them like that. But no, I don't think some, anybody can. Some other big, uh, not big ones, but just some other notable tee times. Kevin Kisner is going to be on the 10th tee I at 722. Kevin Kisner. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite golfers. Uh, John yep. Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau. That's another big one I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty exciting one that I'm going to be looking forward to. Um, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau is right after them. Um, and then kind of moving down, Bubba Watson, Matthew Wolf, kind of two long hitters That's are going to be one. facing off against each other. And Fred Couples, uh, Fred. the old man, the yeah. old man's back in it, which is a, not surprising because he's one of the best golfers to ever live. Smoothest swing, in my opinion, but um, that's going to be interesting. Don't know if he's going to win, but he's just kind of there to be there. But yeah, I mean, but like I said, there's not really a whole lot of um, like show-stopping tee times especially for this whole weekend so yeah it's kind of sad because like we talked about tiger being the only one in his phil also is kind of in a league by himself oh, yeah, I totally forgot abraham about answer and burnt weisberger yeah you haven't heard of him even because colin they're moore, not big names even colin moore Kawa, like he's not really that anybody too big i no. mean he's not really that status yet of being like one of the better golfers in the mm-hmm. world but i mean still with the season he's had and for the hype around him being like a, a big rookie i feel like they should have probably Pair him up with someone, maybe like a like a Matthew Fitzpatrick or something like that, or even like Ricky Fowler. But even Ricky Fowler is not really in uh in a good uh, tea time either. I think let me try to find it. He was like I think he was like in it by his by himself with two kind of mm-hmm. amateurs or something like that. Yeah, that could be a potential like the the one the one like the one card I guess you could say or the tea time that really kind of sticks out to me as one that can kind of be like sneaky is Patrick Reed, Paul Casey, and Tony Finau. Like, those guys are all very good golfers. They're not... Yeah. Tony Fino like, is one of the favorites. He so. is one of the favorites. Patrick Reed, he, he almost... He was in Wingfoot. He was up there in Wingfoot with Bryson, but I think it was the third round he collapsed. But yeah. I mean, And then Paul Casey's a sneaky guy, too. That could be kind of like a one that you're not going to fully tune in on, but they can still be really high up in the leaderboard. And even like... um. Xander Shoffley and Jason Kokrak. I mean, Jason Kokrak won a tournament earlier this year. I don't think he's going to be a front runner for say, but he can play some pretty good golf some days. I mean, and that's really the reality of the Masters is really it's it's not about what you did in the season, it's about what you do in the tournament. We talked about Tiger last year. He wasn't very good up until the Masters, yeah. especially with well, his injuries. And then look good what for happened. The past two years, and then he comes back with a great one of the greatest redemption stories in sports, which is insane. It's true. Don't know if it's going to happen this year, which kind of sucks. I would hope to see Sunday red. That's the only thing that I'm. We all want to see Sunday red, especially at the Masters. Just kind of seeing that uh, it's one of the most iconic thing. It's one of the most iconic looks in sports. It I really mean, is. Yeah. I've. I feel like that's just one thing where it's just like you go to the golf course, someone's wearing red, and you just kind of make fun of them because you're like, what are you trying to be, Tiger, on Sunday or something yeah. like that? So it's a, it's a funny situation uh, especially, but uh, kind of ho- I'm, I am hoping that Tiger does pretty well uh, just kind of for his name's sake. But um, especially who we kind of talked about a little bit Monday, Brandon, but wh- who's your kind of favorite that you're looking forward to? Oh, my favorite. Oh, man. I honestly like – I wanted to say John Rahm, but then they put him up so high in the odds now after what happened over the last cut. Like, it's the, I don't know if the trick shot had anything to do with it, but he's went up in the rankings. He moved up at least five spots because of that trick shot. Yeah, I I think that's that almost is gonna mess him up. That's gonna make him lose is being up that high. So I don't I don't know. I want him. To, I honestly hope that he wins. I think he's he's played too good of golf to not come out with a, a, a major so far in this this year. So. That's probably the guy I'm rooting for, but I could honestly see a guy like Sander Shoffley taking this. I mean, it seems crazy because he's not like a big name or anything, but he's been in every tournament. He's played great golf. He's played incredible. Yeah, I, I can see him as a guy that can come out, especially with his card. I could see him being a guy that can come out on day one and see if he can maintain and get mm-hmm. to Sunday and be up in the top 
in the top tee times for the end and be in contention. So that would probably be that's probably like my my dark horse pick is um but I mean he's not really a dark horse kind of guy. Honestly, the everybody's dark horse picks Tiger just because what a story I mean, that would Tiger, be. But yeah, I mean I would like to see I would would you imagine seeing an 18-hole playoff at Augusta in 2020 with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods on the green? What is this, 20, 2008? I know. <laughs> 2009? Nuts, but the, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, that would be cool. They're more there to kind of fill, I mean, not fill the seats because there's no, you can't really have any fans there, but I mean, that's just, I mean, those two guys, greatest players, arguably some of the greatest players of all time. Some A guy that, two guys that I'm looking forward to are probably Dustin Johnson because he's been playing pretty well. Yeah. Um, he's going to be You up can't there. ever count him out and Brooks Kepka because. Yeah, if you know if you know Brooks, he only goes to tournaments he thinks he can win. So I mean, I mean this weekend you obviously <laughs> know what he's thinking about himself. But uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that, especially for how how many good golfers there are. It's going to be some good golf to watch, especially for uh, a weekend where it's going to be filled with sports too. So yeah, I think it'll be exciting, especially with College Game Day being at the Masters. It's going to be it's going to be a great weekend for sports. Great atmosphere, really. Yeah, for sure. But fi- our finishing out the show. Um, kind of going into our some of our picks for Week 10. We're not going to go through every game. If you want to hear all of our predictions for this week, Week 10, tune in on Friday to Mike's and Takes. We'll be with Barrett and Travis making our picks for NFL Weekend. But Thursday night game, we do have a game coming up. we got the Indianapolis Colts against the Tennessee Titans at 8.20 p.m. Going to be a good one. I really am looking forward to this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Thursday night games are starting to go up a little bit in ratings, which they're is starting good to, to see. They're starting to really show out a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's I, I'm finally see. excited to see actually like some good football mm-hmm. on Thursdays because lately it's just been kind of garbage. What was it, like Bills and Jets? And then like the Bills can't even score a touchdown. <laughs> um, their I mean, kicker just goes off. But yeah, the 49ers-Packers was going to be a great one on paper, but obviously because the injuries. If they didn't have their the whole Super Bowl team out, like maybe it would have been something good to watch, but it was more just kind of seeing like a a second string team go against Aaron Rodgers and like arguably one of the better, not arguably, but the one of the better teams in the league right now. But I mean, to go back to the Colts and Titans, I'm I'm pretty excited for this game, especially since we've seen um, the Titans and Derrick Henry and his ability against uh, some pretty good defensive lines and some pretty good defenses. Colts, they're going to have to really step it up, try to shut him down, make Ryan Tannehill try to force him to throw. Because Ryan Tannehill, he has been getting better at the throw a little bit, but if they kind of keep him on his toes and kind of shut down the run game, I feel like they'll be in it a little bit better. But Colts, um, Phillip Rivers, if he keeps dealing, if he's able to kind of stay in the pocket and throw pretty well, they're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, I see the Colts are, I mean, I, I would have been really advocating for the Colts as being number one defense in the NFL, which I don't. The Steelers, I think, are number one. But the Colts should be top three because their defense has been At fantastic. Least, yeah. Statistically, they're number one. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. They're five and three. Steelers are eight and no. And, yeah, you can yeah, say, yeah, oh, that's it's the, it's that's the, the offense. It's the that's offense. The it's the offense. But Pittsburgh's offense really hasn't been that great. Zero, zero, lo- zero losses just looks good on the defense. Yes. So I feel like that's one of the main reasons why. But, I mean, Colts, I mean, I think it was last week they got Michael Pittman back or the week before mm-hmm. from that injury, and he's been doing pretty well. He's been a been kind of a budding target for uh, Phillip Rivers. And, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's out, so they're going to have to figure something out, especially against um, the Titans. But I don't know. It's going to be a toss-up, especially for um, Derrick Henry if he's able to do pretty well. Because against the Steelers, he didn't run pretty well. He's kind of... Uh, spotty a little bit and I feel like against good defenses he's kind of a uh, hit or miss a little bit this year so far but the Colts I feel like like I said I don't know it's a toss-up I have no idea who I want to choose yeah I'm I'm still honestly debating right now this th- okay I'm I'll just make mine I think it's gonna be Tennessee and the reason why is because Derrick Henry has not had the games we've been accustoming him to seeing he's been kind of a he's been kind of an I don't want to say average back because obviously Derrick Henry is nowhere near an average back at all. He hasn't had that explosive game yet. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. Against good defense on Thursday night football where offense is most likely going to rule. I trust that Tennessee offense more than Indianapolis. I'm not, no disrespect to Phillip Rivers or anything. The weapons on both sides, I like Tennessee's more. I think this will be more of an offensive game. I think Tennessee will win. I definitely think it'll be close though. And it, it mm-hmm. really is a coin flip. 
I think I got to go with the Colts, mainly for the reason that I feel like the Colts' defense is going to prove to be a better competitor than the Titans' defense. And, I mean, Colts, they don't have the same uh, assets that Titans do, especially with the Derrick Henry conversation and kind of the running back department. But when you really look at it, uh, like I said, Michael Pittman's been doing really well. Phillip Rivers, I feel like, is starting to kind of find his way into it. And if he has a game like last week, I think he only had, like, one interception, but he had, like, 380 yards or something like that, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yep. So if he has a week like last week, I feel like that's going to be a big challenge for them. And it's really up to the Colts' defense to lose this game. If they hold back, if they play well, I feel like they're going to win probably maybe a touchdown difference. It'll be surprising if there's a two-touchdown difference, but I think it's probably going to be somewhere around – the ballpark of like 20 to 28 or like 28 to like 30 something mm-hmm. something like that where it's going to be an offensive shootout but uh it'll be kind it's of gonna be a thir- it's going to it's going to be offensive shootout but it's going to be won by the defense yeah if you, I, if you know I, what i mean i know what you mean i think i absolutely agree with that but um one more game we'll go to we got to talk about detroit we're taking on washington this week I don't want to say an easy win because I don't want to jinx it. It's not going to be. That's the worst part. The most annoying thing about this is just like the Lions always seem to stoop to competition. It's true. It's, we never, because against good teams, we seem to excel and we seem to meet them at their level. But it's never when we face off against bad teams that we can blow them out or we can win by two touchdowns. We always seem to just like play bad for some reason. We don't ever seem to just kind of just basically just kick ourselves in the butt and be like, all right, well, why are we playing so bad? We know we can play better. But against Washington, against this defense, it's going to be tough, especially for, I mean, with, um, Chase, uh, I forget his last name, but Chase, the linebacker, I forget. I don't Chase know why. Young? Yeah, Chase Young. Yeah. I don't know why I forget his name <laughs> because he played against Michigan all last year. But it's going to be especially tough, especially for, I mean, if we try to get Swift a little bit more touches or if we decide to go with Adrian Peterson, if that's going to be our guy for the uh, for the week, which is going to be a little bit, there's going to be some backlash either way because people yep. are saying we need to get Swift a little bit more touches. People say we need to kind of develop him a little bit more, let Adrian Peterson take the reins over. But if Chase Young can kind of plug those holes a little bit and kind of force Matthew Stafford to throw. Not saying that Matthew Stafford's bad at uh, being a quarterback or anything, but I feel like um, if he's forced to throw, we might have a good chance to winning it. I feel like we'll probably win, I'll say like 20 to like, I don't want to say, I want to say something big because I don't think that the, I'll say like 20 to like 12 or like 20 to 14. Oh, wow. Okay. That's lower than I expected, but that, I mean, that is possible. Washington's defense is, nothing to sneeze at they're pretty they're honestly pretty good their offense has been atrocious and that's if, the reason yeah, they're two if and chase, six if chase young can plug or stop the stop the run game from up the middle i feel like that's going to be a big a big factor yeah i um, as of now we'll see if i change my mind by friday but <laughs> i mean if stafford plays i like detroit's chances honestly like the after the last year's game against oh, the Redskins, i forgot that he was kind of on the yeah, I mean, he's got a shoulder injury, and he's coming off of COVID, so obviously that's a concern. I mean, I think he's going to play. I mean, the fact he played last week, but the shoulder's the problem here, and I, I do think for the future, on a side note, that we do need to start looking for a quarterback now. That'll be kind of my hot take for the day, but the Lions, I think, do need to win this game, and I, it's kind of like, oh, but it's, it's against the NFC East. Like, it doesn't really that matter, but this game matters because... Like, we're going into a non-conference schedule for a, a couple of games here. We got, obviously, the Panthers and then the Texans the next two games. So, And this is a this is a game that we can just go get. This is, that's the thing. We need to go get and win this game. It should, okay. Especially after... Anytime, any, sorry, anytime that Washington is on the schedule, it should just be like, all right, W, write it up in the column. Yeah, because they're but gonna you got to sh- go out and do it. And the wise words of Deion Sanders... Washington shows up to the stadium. There's already 30 on the scoreboard. <laughs> but against the Lions, it'll probably be like Lions show up to the stadium and Washington already has 10 points on the scoreboard or something like that because Lions always seem to make the games a lot harder than they need to be, and it's, I don't understand why. It's true. But, I mean, we're in games a lot, and that's the thing. Like, we can play the Chiefs and be in it and almost win. Couple, uh, or we lose to Washington. And last year, losing to Dwayne Haskins. It's probably the lowest point for me as a Lions fan because we really hit rock bottom. Dwayne, I don't remember. If, I don't know if you remember, but you remember when Dwayne Haskins literally started taking selfies with the fans and forgot to take a knee to win the game. He literally just forgot. That made me so mad because Dwayne Haskins is not a good quarterback, and I no. and I they were talking about the Lions going to go get him. 
I said from day one, no, we should not draft Dwayne Haskins because he's not going to be a franchise guy. Because, I mean, that's, it's the thing with Ohio State quarterbacks. They're amazing. In co- like, he was a great quarterback in college. He shredded Don Brown. Yeah, I feel like not they can't. Close. They're not very good when they have to go to the next level. I feel Because yeah. college defenses compared to just not very good uh, NFL defenses – NFL, it's still the best players of like in the world that are playing. True, yeah. So you're playing uh, college football against guys who probably aren't going to go to the NFL that are on the defensive side. They're probably going to like sell insurance or something like that on the, like when they get out of college. But then when you move to the NFL, these are guys who are getting paid to play football for a living. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's the main difference between, like you said, uh, Ohio State qu- quarterbacks are really great in college, but it seem, seems like when they get to the NFL, they start to fizzle out. We'll kind of have to see that for Justin Fields, too, because that's going to be an interesting one, because I think he might be a little bit different than these other guys. But mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins is a prime example of kind of your point of basically saying yeah, Ohio State quarterbacks are... Braxton Miller, little JT bit terrible. Barrett, where are those, and Cardale Jones, where are those guys yeah, right are now? They're not starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's a, that's just a thing with Ohio State quarterbacks. It's just... History. You know, I'm not saying that they're bad quarterbacks. I'm just saying statistically, Ohio State quarterbacks have not been successful, and it's the truth. So it'll be interesting. Detroit needs to go out and win this game. Two touchdowns would be really nice. I'm not going to bank on that. I'm probably saying it's going to be a score, but we need to go out and win. The defense needs to step up against a bad offense, get our confidence back. Offense needs to roll without Kenny. We need somebody to step up. Marvin Jones did a little bit last week. Love to see more Hawk and. That's what we need to win Sunday. Most definitely. So it'll be fun. But thank you guys for tuning in again. We will be on Mics and Takes on Friday. So go check them out for our rest of our yes, picks sir. for week not, or week 10. Sorry, week 10 of the NFL. It's flying by so fast. But it's check, crazy. For sure. Check us out on Twitter at the MVSP. And until next time, we'll see you later. Take care, everybody.